Welcome to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today I'm joined by Mike Rasnick, um, a composer who's worked on over 500 games, according to press release, and recently has composed a soundtrack for Away, the survival series. It's on the PS4 and PS5. It's a pleasure to have you uh, here today, or virtually at least. Mike, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Anthony. So happy to be here, and thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So I think um, where I normally start is at the beginning. So how how did you get into writing soundtracks for video games? Um, I actually, like yourself, I actually used to work in IT, <laughs> and uh, but be, but many years before that, you know, I sort of grew up with a family of music and. Uh, and started with piano lessons when I was about six, and uh, and and always, um, I, I guess uh, when I really started to get interested in music on my own uh, was uh, I picked up the guitar when I was about sixteen. Um, before that, I sung in choirs and had a lot of classical training, played many different instruments, but never really took it very seriously. And and um, and uh, after my first girlfriend broke up with me when I was sixteen, <laughs> I picked up the guitar and then got really serious about music and. I found it quite healing and stuff, but but one thing that I did find myself doing, where and and not really realizing that I was doing it, was uh, was I always like to just have the guitar in my hand, and 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 I also like to watch a lot of TV, so I would. I had a, always had a good musical ear, but you know, I, I remember sort of sitting with like TV commercials or stuff that was on, and kind of jamming along with uh, whatever I was hearing, you know, on the TV, since that that was kind of the the musical source that was sort of existing in in those moments. But um, it never really thought that you know somebody actually got paid to to do these kinds of things. <laughs> but but I did find myself being like, hmm, what is going on here? It's really interesting. And uh, and and anyway, fast forwarding, you know, many years later, uh, you know, after, as I was working in computers, it was something that I realized I wanted a little more, um, you know, out of my career, and was trying to explore ways of maybe getting back into music, but you know, finding a viable way to do that. Uh, so that that sort of brought me towards, uh, um, you know, pursuing a degree in music technology, uh, and and the, and at that point, it, I kind of imagined myself maybe like. Doing computer programming for audio applications, but yeah, you know, but but part of that also became on the creative side. You know, what about like you know writing music for, for uh, you know for 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 video or, or to sync and and you know um, sync to picture. So um, and I found it fascinating, even just you know those early days of just learning how to like you know set things up and learn how to use you know a, a DAW and and start um, actually you know writing music to picture and seeing what that felt like and it was it was really quite exciting um at the time i was you know i i, I didn't know anything about you know music for um you know for soundtracks or that kind of thing i was much more steeped in, like anything from you know jazz to um to you know playing guitar or, or you know or even electronic music and stuff like that so uh so I think I approached it early on much more from like a you know a sound design type role. I really like the idea of like mangling audio. I yeah. definitely was much more on the tech side of being like, what is this thing? I got to figure <laughs> it out, you know. And how can I make a weird sound out of it that doesn't exist? And you know, and and also around that time, I mean, all the orchestral. When I first went to school and I started sort of you know seeing what other you know composers are up coming composers were doing they were you know using really i mean the samples were just not so good so people were trying to emulate john williams and it sounded terrible and i was like oh my god this, you know i would i don't want to do that so so i would i you know i, I would be like okay well i'm going to record my guitar and make it go backwards or take this trombone sample and stretch it out six minutes and 
see what happens and and so I started kind of doing that and and actually it it caught on it was it was a really I think it was a good place for me to to kind of begin on my journey um of being a composer and uh and and so you know again like I graduated school and 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 sort of committed to this I was like this is what I'm going to do and um, you know, and, and, you know, within a few years, you know, I was doing a lot of like student films and starting to like learn a little bit about what, you know, what people wanted or what kind of, you know, music people were looking for and, and, um, you know, and, and film productions and TV and that sort of thing. And, uh, and it was, you know, it's just been a path of really learning and growing since then and kind of being committed and, and, you know, and somebody would ask me to do orchestral music. I didn't know anything about it. And it would, you know, start doing really crappy stuff. But then I started, you know, studying scores and, you know, just finding mentors and, and the whole thing. But uh, but I would say, you know, my big first break was kind of just getting hired as a um, as sort of a project manager composer at, at a busy, um, you know, company that was was doing audio for for video games. And, and, and that was, and it was funny because I got, actually hired because of my experience working with like corporate clients in, in <laughs> IT. <laughs> I, I did like customer support, but also built websites and all that stuff. And, and, but, but, you know, they were willing to take me on and also let me write a lot of music. And within a couple of years, I was writing music full time. So, and that turned out to like, uh, to be a, an eight year experience of getting a chance to work on, you know, over 400, you know, game projects and, and pretty much every style of music you can imagine. So it was, it was really a great place for me to, uh, to kind of learn and grow and, and start to become a little more professional at <laughs> <laughs> what I've ended up doing. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, since then I'm thankful to have a career and continue to, uh, you know, to keep working on, you know, challenging projects. So in terms of, um, learning, as I obviously it's, sounds like quite a, a lot of learning and discovery and stuff for yourself was there much from where you were doing scores for film soundtracks for student films and stuff to then doing game scores where you kind of had to look at your composition techniques as such yeah i mean i think i i you know i, I the way i look at game composition or, or a lot i mean there's i guess there's different styles of it i mean what i started out doing was a lot of you know casual games and stuff and mid-core and then you know I've, and then i've done some triple a stuff as well but but i do think that you know in general i mean the way a lot of game music functions is to really kind of drive the experience more than where film music can be you know, much more of a like a visceral psychological experience. So, so film music can can kind of sit in the background and and help and kind of be that that you know that other character in the movie that yeah. uh, that you know that sort of tells people what to think or sort of clues people in on what type of you know what type of emotions are going on. Where where game music is just you know I think there's a lot more to. I think you really have to be able to write a good melody. That's yeah. how I always think. I think it's it just needs to be like memorable and and there needs to be you know something that that really you know grabs grabs the player and t takes them on a journey and stuff and so um, so so it, it took a little while to kind of figure out I think you know I, I and it, as I kind of spoke to you know where I started in film music I was you know I was writing very textural kind of music and and there is some of that in fact you know in the in the project that we're going to be discussing today away I mean there is there's definitely a lot of that score is very textural but you know, but but in it, but you know, having said that, there's also you know, there's also definite themes in there as well. And I think in in most of the projects I work on, 
you know, I'll, I'll I I think of like, okay, well, I got to write a big theme now. You know, what am I gonna what am I gonna do, or, or how am I gonna do this, or what kind of story am I gonna tell? And there'll be, you know, whether it's a, you know, something you know melodically driven or something that that you know is the sort of married more to harmonies and and chord progressions that maybe repeats in different ways. Yeah, so it's like obviously there's I find with films the music almost sits in the background. I think is with with a lot of films whereas like games it can be more more prominent especially where it's reactive to the actual player's input and stuff so you kind of there's different ways you kind of can make things feel like they're happening so when a certain instant happens depending on how the music reacts is almost provoking an emotional response as to how you should feel about Mm. that thing happening absolutely yeah yeah i mean i think that's that's a lot of what i mean you know if you you think about games it's just i mean you're trying to sort of you know create like you know an emotional world around you know what what you're what you're doing and and that can be i think you know just i just because of the medium that it is i think it can be more difficult i think over time it's becoming much more realistic you know with the way graphics and game engines are working but you know but but i i think between like graphics and sound and music i think they're really key to to sort of triggering you know some of those um you know some of those uh, emotional spots and also really you know um you know immersing the player in the world that you know that that they're experiencing i think but um but but yeah i you know so before you got into working on game soundtracks did you were you a gamer yourself or did did you play games much or is... yes i played a lot of games when i was young yeah i was um i mean <laughs> going back to the first days of you know pong really uh you know my godfather had one of those big boxes and and i remember being so excited about it i was probably like 6 years old and and then we we had a atari 2600 in our household and i played quite a bit of that i as you know really into the early games like missile command and asteroids and yeah. Uh, the the jungle game and all, you know a bunch of other stuff and and I would go to the arcades with my friends as a kid as well but uh but um but yeah but I never I didn't get beyond that I remember at a certain point I asked I had a friend who got like the you know the the fifty two hundred and then starting to get to some of the the Sega boxes and yeah. Nintendo and I, my parents didn't want they thought that that was silly for some reason so. <laughs> I wasn't really allowed to <laughs> to progress and continue my you know my my interest in gaming, but I you know I I do think that I always um, I think because I kind of ended up on the tech side of things, you know, working in IT, working with computers, um, you know, I I used to I spent a lot of time even when I wasn't necessarily developing. I did eventually learn how to you know program computers and stuff, but. But you know, but even before then, I would spend a lot of time talking tech with people. I yeah. mean, I grew up in San Francisco. I was working in the dot com world for like four years, and and that was kind of you know where I was spending a lot of my energy and time for a long time. Uh, so so I was quite so when I started working and started considering the fact that I would be, you know, working in audio or, or trying to transition to that world. I definitely imagined myself on the software side, and you know, as I said earlier. You know, while I thought it, maybe it would be programming for, you know, audio applications or things, you know, it after I started composing music and thinking, wow, this might be something I really want to do. Um, I always thought that, well, maybe I'll end up in in video games, or maybe that will <laughs> be a good fit for me. And and sure enough, I mean, yeah, I, I think it. I, I do actually really like, um, you know, the relationships and the type of collaborations I have in the gaming world. It's it's all. It has been a very natural fit and. And and that has been nice. So, uh, have you had? So yeah. 
if you had to now now you're working in games as such if you had to start playing games again to kind of work out kind how of, to how to score yes. for them almost i did i did get a, a ps2 at one point and i did have a ps4 as well which i which i don't have right now but i'll probably jump in and get a ps5 and and have played games like you know uncharted which i really enjoy i like games like that you yeah. know i think it stresses me out playing Oh, I, well, I, it's funny because I've worked on first-person shooter games. I really love like the the intense music and and the whole you know I, I I love you know the vibe of that. I write trailer music. I like doing big, huge stuff yeah. as well as small, intimate stuff. Uh, but um, but you know while while I love working in those areas, I think playing those games kind of makes me really stressed out. So so I tend not to gravitate towards <laughs> projects like that. But. Uh, but um, but yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's interesting. But but I do like playing more like stealth type games or beautiful art games yeah. or or you know games like Away. Um, you know I I did a lot of like for a while when like you know virtual reality was just coming out. I was playing like all kinds of virtual reality stuff. Um, you know, or even just going to conferences and just you know just trying out everyone's projects and seeing what it all felt like and stuff. But. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, I don't find myself playing a lot because I feel like you know music itself is such a um, it requires so much time and energy. And I am always really committed to sort of learning the next thing, or if I get really good at something, then it's then then I have to rather than you know hang out and do that for a while, I'll always be like, well, what's the next challenge? Where can I take it from here? You know, so um, uh, so 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 I do spend a lot of my time working on that, but I do really pay attention to a lot of you know what's coming out in the gaming world. I watch a lot of um, you know content of what people are playing and and what things are sounding like, and um, you know I think about it in terms of you know the the business of of gaming really and and how that sort of you know where where music is kind of headed and in, in sound as well. I mean you know I also sort of dabble in sound design and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's super important. But as far as, yeah, I I, I find myself probably watching more TV on my downtime than yeah. <laughs> than or, or even YouTube content. Really, <laughs> that's actually I probably do more of that than almost anything these days, which is strange to me. But but I don't know. I enjoy it. So with um, away in the press notes and things, obviously it was note, noted that it was a passion project for yourself because of its um, like nature or environment of environmental change and that sort of links to it is that is that something that put you onto it and wanted to work on it or is it different from that how it came about absolutely um yeah i mean another part of my background is that i actually did a um uh, you know i actually my i got my first degree in in school as an in, in environmental sciences um i went to uh university of california santa cruz and uh, i remember um, I remember, so I, I think my first choice was probably doing music when I went into college, but I, I just didn't really, I guess I didn't really understand. I never was around any like music mentors growing up, you know, I, I did a lot of music, but I never really explored it, you know, as a, as a, as a career thing. So I kind of, you know, thought that, you know, music wasn't something that I would end up doing. So, so the next best thing that came around was, was sort of, you know, thinking about, I, I for some reason I had like this dark feeling of like what might happen to our world. Even as a little kid, I remember like being in class in like third grade and being like, what's it going to be like in 2020? Like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> You know, so so I was kind of like maybe a doomsday or something, but 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 I was but I but I paid attention growing up to what was going on in the world, and I watched a lot. 
I actually, you know, when I was a kid, I, I probably spent hours watching nature documentaries. I used to love, I don't know why, maybe it's just because I was, again, in front of the TV a lot of times, and since I couldn't play video games, I just <laughs> watched whatever was on. But there was always, like, those Sunday afternoons or Saturday afternoons, it was just, it was always, like, nature stuff. And, you know, they they, they always spend, like, the first 45 minutes talking about, like, this animal and what they're like. And But every single one of them, like, the last 10 minutes was like, oh, well, humans are screwing things up and <laughs> and this animal might not be here much longer and and then and, and it wouldn't present like well we need to do this we'd just be like this is how it is and i'd be like oh man like that's fucked up so <laughs> someone should do something <laughs> someone should do something so i was like what's going to happen to our world like what else could we be doing you know how how bad can this get and and so sure enough you know i, I and i and even like you know when i like going back to when i was like 18 I wrote a paper in one of my classes about like the Exxon Valdez oil spill up in Alaska and how all these, you know, uh, what was going on up there. And and then I did a shortened version of it and submitted it and ended up getting into this like, you know, environmental studies program, which was evidently hard to get into at the time. And uh, and so, you know, I, I ultimately I didn't end up working in a career in, in that field. I did, you know, do some work around like, you know, water management and that kind of thing. But you know, it wasn't something that was for me. I, you know, once I got a taste of it, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. But, but it's always been something I've been really passionate about. And, and as I started, like, you know, started working, you know, in music and doing some, uh, some jobs as a composer, I did find myself working on several nature documentary shows. Um, I was a composer in New York that I worked for, and 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 I would write for him, and and all of my first experiences writing with a live orchestra were on his shows, writing you know stuff for nature documentaries, and that included the show Life, which was on Discovery Channel. It was narrated by Oprah, and um, and I just it was such a, a special experience, kind of like writing music to you know to to whether it was like a lion you know hunting or or a butterfly flying or something yeah. like that it's, it's just it's just a really beautiful medium i mean i feel like you're you're automatically like you know in the realm of like creating art as music kind of you know because it's just it, it really is it is you know showcasing such um raw emotions that i think we all experience except on such an you know on, on such a a natural level um and so uh so um, and I and and then when BBC's Life, I mean BBC's um, Planet Earth came out, I had a friend who reached out to me who's an orchestrator, and and she was like, oh, I'm doing this this whole thing. It's you know it's with Hans Zimmer, and you know and and so she asked if I would help out a little bit on that. So I got a chance to really kind of you know get into the music on that level and see what was going on with the orchestrations and and um and i was just going to a lot of conferences as well in the gaming industry and i always like to go up and talk to developers and find out what they're doing and kind of get inspired and stuff and and i just you know happened upon this team when i was up in montreal and and they were like yeah we're doing this nature documentary as a game and and i was like you know it's just i mean it didn't take much more than that light bulb to be like oh this is you know, this is a no-brainer yeah. <laughs> that we should be working together, and it, I think it ended up going really, really great. So, with the obviously of work, what you were saying, you've worked on nature documentaries before. It's it's kind of, it's basically a playable nature documentary. So, I'm guessing mm-hmm. like the ideas for scoring and things came from came from that. So, obviously, you go through the game. You've got the sections where it's kind of open expanses with not much around. It's fairly ambient, and then the parts where the sugar gliders fly in. It's got nice, like soaring, sweeping strings and things like that. And it just yeah, 
and then the fights have obviously got a bit more chaotic and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of with obviously the game, there's the narration, and then there's like the animal noises such to do do you have to like take much into consideration with that when you're scoring the soundtrack um with regards to the sound effects and stuff yeah yeah not too actually um i don't think we did pay attention to that too much i you know i do think that that you know that that part of the success of of that soundtrack and just the audio overall i think is having like really you know, I, I think the sound effects is really important because I it, you really I think first and foremost, you know, when I when I would think about how to build this this um, this world, it, you know, is that it should feel like you're in the middle of um, a, a real like you know an, an immersive uh, um, sound experience with with the way nature would be, whether it's like you know wind or or whatever you're stepping on, whether it's like sand or grass or, or other animals that are flying around or just you know I think that's part of what creates that world but um and i think that the music in general like leaves a lot of space for that uh, that was really one of my goals and and you know and i wanted to and and I, I really wanted to make things feel as organic as possible so you know some of the ways that i did that with the music was to record uh you know live instruments and especially you know i, I more than i often do in projects i i worked with some woodwind players you know, flutes and oboe and clarinet and things like that, and uh, and and I think I think that helped a lot. Um, but also, if I didn't have live instruments, I wanted to do something to the sounds that I was using to make them feel you know more organic. So um, I actually have some some videos up online. But you know, one of the things I did was kind of like you know record some piano on my computer, but then you know put it through some process it you know through some um applications to really stretch it out and 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 that was a process of experimentation but really to like hear what you know what sort of came out on the other side and 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 i and and for especially for the ambient sections where perhaps you're you know not having there's not as much action going on but in terms of making you know creating sounds that sort of enhance the world while also not taking away from you know the sound effects and and the sound that the creature is making for instance um, was it, it really worked out with for instance you know some of these you know long elongated performances because it 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 made it so you know I found it to be really bothersome early on when if I had a piece of music and the same melody kept appearing, I'm like, yeah. that's not how it is, you know? It, it just it doesn't, you know, I feel like the real world doesn't work that way. So and so I didn't want to have that happen, but it was really neat having some of these ambient textures that, that were, like, musical, but they were so otherworldly that it just seemed like, you know, maybe that's how, you know, maybe that's how some of these animals hear things, you know? Just like, you know, just yeah. kind of just going on for days but not you know but it's you know it gives you a space to to sort of create your own soundtrack i think you know it's like i think it's important not to always you know treat the player like you know like like they're less intelligent than they are and and i think that means to me that uh that you know we sh- we should uh, we should give enough space for people to be able to think or if they want to talk or if they want to you know, sort of imagine some of their own things while they're playing with it, that, that they can build that on top of what we're, you know, sort of providing them. Um, 
So, uh, so, so I think that worked out really good. Was was kind of you know working with some of these sounds and uh, and and then you know and, and then finding ways to to make them not as obtrusive, but also make it still feel like it lived in in an organic space. I was gonna say, I think I was watching the video you mentioned on your YouTube with your uh, sampling various things and like time stretching them out and adding reverb and things i think there's one way you use uh, an ebo on a hammer dulcimer uh-huh yeah yeah, and yeah. it's just it's like ah because it's like especially with games and well just music in general when people think ambient it's synths and stuff whereas that's you know a lot of the things you took you took a actual instrument and then processed it digitally to make a different sound but still it comes from like an organic source rather than you know you, you're sampling your own things rather than just going onto a sample library and just grabbing violin right. number four and stretching it out or something like that <laughs> right i think that comes from also just my days of of you know i spent like 12 years you know working with sample libraries and you know and especially when i was working in house with a company it's like the uh you know, they were always like, oh, you you know, you got to write this in like, you know, four hours, you know, you got to, you know, kick this music out right away. And, and so, you know, we would just, you know, pull up our computer and grab whatever we had and throw it on there and, and they'd be happy and we'd, you know, call it a day. But, uh, you know, but it, it just felt so generic after a while. I'm like, oh, I'm using the same patches over and over again. And then I hear other people's music and they're using the same patches. And, you know, what it what makes us, you know, any more unique than, than they are if we're not really taking the time to uh to record or find our own sounds and stuff and you know i'm i'm quite a synth collector as well um you know it also in the last few years i've you know i've i've grown into building a modular studio and and collecting old synthesizers and i know that those i mean i i love them to death but i also see like well you know i wouldn't use one <laughs> you know if, and you know maybe in like sci-fi or something or you know or, or, or to you know, double up or beef up certain kinds of sounds but um but i think they have their place and 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 i, I you know it, it's definitely not a nature documentary as for for the most part yeah i was gonna say like with the with the whole setting of a way it's kind of it makes sense to use organic you know real instrumentation just because it's yeah. it is an or like you know it's based on actual life forms and things and animals and plants and yeah. ecosystems yeah having a a big 80s like, rolling <laughs> synth in there would just be like oh is it mm -hmm. is are we going to get attacked by like a robot or something is that <laughs> much. yeah yeah that would be yeah that yeah maybe in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, you know when when we started this project um they were actually developing it as is a five minute um virtual reality experience with uh with a bearded uh vulture yeah and and i think that's like a sub game within the game or something or i can't remember if the if the character shows up but um but uh, but and and that was like a sort of a sweeping flight through a valley and and then escaping like a fire and stuff and and that was that was really like a you know a, a, that kind of set us off and I think the very first thing that they sent me was was kind of like a almost like I don't remember if it was a marketing or a demo video where where the same um, bearded vulture was flying up in the clouds like you're in an airplane at like ten thousand feet and and you know and, and that's that was kind of where we started with the project and then the sugar glider happened a little bit later. Um, but uh, but it, it felt natural right from the beginning to to kind of you know develop some themes and 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 really you know work with like a you know a string orchestra and, and the whole thing and and that was really a wonderful experience and I, I think it really worked quite nicely. So with recording with um, 
an orchestra was there a mm-hmm. challenge because obviously you've got however many instruments being played at the same time uh-huh. is there a challenge to kind of make that dynamic in a game soundtrack um i think not so much i think you know I, it's it's funny because it like having i mean we worked with a 40 40 person string orchestra but a lot of that is just is just creating you know the the thicker textures in you know in real life and, and having all the players kind of moving at the same time but um but I mean, I think for most of those parts that I wrote, it, it was fairly straightforward. I think maybe there was like, you know, no more than, you know, six or seven, you know, stacked things going on at once. So it's just kind of just finding the right the right layout to make it work. But um, but it, but it, I find it makes it so much easier to, to create like an emotional experience with the with the live players than it does with the samples because you can have them, you know, play very quietly and then they can kind of swell up and then they can get quiet and and sort of as the journey sort of takes off, it's you know it's much easier to kind of shape shape their performance. And 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 then it's it, what's always amazing is is on the computer you can spend so much time, you know, massaging things and trying to get it right. But when you just write it out and and they play it and it happens in like five minutes yeah. and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just come bring it back in and you know mix it with what you've got and it's and it's it's you know beautiful. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to tell a human that's learned to play an instrument for a long time to, oh yeah, just play it softly and then gradually build up. Whereas like trying to program oh, that yeah. on a computer from pre-recorded sounds, it's just yeah, you're fighting like the monster. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that thing of you know, there's certain things that computers will not. Well, I don't want to say never because don't want to rubbish potential progress. But you know, th- th- some things you just humans do better <laughs> yes 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 so in terms of um away with the soundtrack obviously you've got it for download on your band camp at the moment if people did want to mm-hmm. listen to it um and obviously all the you know it's all the proceeds go to i can't the national audubon society i don't know if yes yes yep Um, out of one society so is there any plans obviously i know one of the things with away was it was in um like the physical game release it was made in a recycled game case as well of of sustainable materials would would there be something to go that you would want to do a physical release if there was a market for that or is Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I can't. I for some reason I'm trying to remember if they actually did a physical release or not, or if they were talking about doing some record albums. Um, I did hear that sort of mentioned at one point, uh, and I haven't heard much since then. But it would be interesting to look into and see if see if that's still like in the cards. But uh, but of course, no. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, of vinyl, and uh, <laughs> if they did that, I think it would be amazing. Yeah, I say it's definitely definitely something i would probably end up picking up because i did really enjoy the sound and it's even though Uh, it works works well with the the game itself as a standalone piece of music it's nice just to have on as like background music and things as well oh thank you um so in terms of uh other other sorts of projects you've worked on um uh spate with was that the first soundtrack that you were kind of the main composer of? Yeah, I th- actually, um, I think it was actually. I recorded that around 2012. Um, I'd already worked on you know hundreds of of game soundtracks, but 
uh, I was, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I think we're again working in, um, you know, working as as an in-house composer uh, a lot. I was so often, in fact, pretty much always, you know, given temp music. Um, you know, sort of the process of working with developers, we would have, you know, a series of conversations with them about, you know, okay, well, what kind of music are you looking for for your game? And that conversation would always be like, well, you know, let's let's share back and forth, you know, some music from either other games or other films or, or maybe pop music or, or different styles of music. And, and then we can kind of go there and create, you know, sort of, a, um, you know, have a creative direction to where our music was going to go or a soundtrack was going to go. And, and so, so I always felt very, at first it was really enjoyable and very challenging, um, you know, always having to listen and take apart, you know, a piece of music and then, and then figure out a way to, to kind of um, assimilate it and, and and come up with like you know something original that was based around you know an existing piece of music and and that's a certain kind of challenge uh, in some ways it's a technical challenge in some ways it's a creative challenge um, and I think I got pretty good at that but what I started to really um, kind of like hunger for I think after several years of doing that was was I was like well what if I could you know work on a soundtrack where where I could just do my own thing yeah. <laughs> what if I could just create something out of you know nothing like you know I, I always sort of imagine that you know I, I, I kind of knew you know just from my years of playing in bands and being a guitarist I was like you know I, I knew that I had my own voice and you know people who I'd worked with always told me that you know that that I, I had you know I, there was an, an originality to what I you know what I brought to the table um, and I and I was like well you know it would be really neat to explore that in a game soundtrack because I had so little opportunity to do that I mean very seldomly I could be I could say you know to uh, that you know I could say oh I have got an idea can I just try this out but that was I was always going out on a limb with those guys but but so Spade was really a neat project I, I was searching around you know the interwebs and and on, I was on Kickstarter at the time quite a bit and looking for projects and and i found and and i mean the 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 project that that um eric he was the developer um who had uh it just looks so beautiful he was actually uh, um he still is he still works at disney as an animator and oh. but um but you know but he but he really built this world um that was that looked pretty amazing and and i was just like i have to be part of this it just looks so cool and it's so dark and 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 it has so much character. I was like, you know, I didn't really think, you know, I, I could already feel like what I wanted to do. And I remember him. I remember like writing like three very long emails to him. And even though he wasn't responding to me, I was, you know, I, I just was, I just put it all out there, and I was so excited about it that I just kind of kept going. It was, it was almost ridiculous, <laughs> but. He he eventually did get back to me, and he's like, you know, I've had like a hundred composers reach out to me, and 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 he said by far, like you are the most, um, you know, passionate about this project, so I'd love to work with you, and and I was pretty ecstatic. Um, he didn't have much of a budget starting out, but he was on this really funny like game show, <laughs> that where like three different you know three different game independent games like all competed and then they had you know industry people like Genova Chang I think was uh, you know from Journey and and that stuff and he was one of the people and and where, where they had to sort of sell their game to him and you know to these three, these three judges and and then the winner got like ten thousand dollars and he actually won so that was a little bit of a budget and he he graciously shared a decent chunk of it to at least get me started on the project and and um and and what we, and 
and so you know beyond just starting to write it you know, we also agreed that it would be really fun to you know work with a really great musician not just you know a, a normal <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of great musicians like seriously like i'm thankful for every single one of them that i get to work with um but but you know as i was like i i, I had just done the sundance composers lab um which is which is kind of like an indie film thing through the you know Sundance, and and you know we had these incredible mentors. They flew us out to to Utah, and we had these incredible you know film you know like A level you know composers for film, like uh, Harry Gregson Williams and uh, and James Newton Howard, and I mean people who are like my complete idols. Uh, but um, and Harry brought uh, Martin Tillman with him, who's who's a wonderful cello player. And and he's he's plays on a lot of his scores, but he's also plays on a lot of um, you know Hans Zimmer scores, and and you know he's the he's the solo cello from uh, you know from the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but he also did like all of the crazy electronic textures on you know in the Dark Knight and stuff, and and I and he's just like the nicest guy in the world, and we got along really good, and and I kind of told him I was like I think I'm going to start this project, and he said oh I'd love to be part of it, and. And so, so that that kind of you know was just such a wonderful opportunity, and and you know a few months ago, and once we worked everything out and got the details together, he came out to my studio for, you know, for for an afternoon basically. We did a full three hours of recording with acoustic and electric cello, and and it was it was really a, a special experience to get to work with him. But he so he did a lot of you know really like you know some of it was improv, a lot of it was written. Um, but he helped kind of, you know, create the foundation of of what that that soundtrack ended up becoming, and and then I was able to bring in some really some other really wonderful musicians as well. But you know, with with him sort of as the basis, then they were able to build on what he had done, and and I think that soundtrack was is so it was very strange, but <laughs> but it really came together wonderfully. And I also worked with a fifty piece orchestra, string orchestra, and. and um, in Budapest, I think it was on that one, and a really wonderful vocalist, um, Holly Sadias, and uh, um, and uh, what else? And, and we also did a string quintet session, which was really really fun. Uh, so it was it was a it was a great experience for me. And again, I, I will just add that you know getting a chance to do my own soundtrack, you know, then I kind of went crazy, and uh, <laughs> you know. I, I was like, what can I try now? What can I try now? And and it became much more, you know, about about really experimenting with, you know, some really, you know, wonderful musicians and ensembles and, and you know, soloists, orchestras, the whole thing. So it was really I don't know, it was it was very fun. It really was. So with with the soundtrack for Spate, obviously it's kind of got a lot of shared instrumentation as a way in terms of like the strings and stuff, but it's much much darker and more macabre than and it's like obviously i do what you're saying about the um the cello personally i don't know if this is anyone else's opinion but i do find like the cello to be the more the saddest or the most darkest sounding string instrument <laughs> and like obviously with saying how you kind of did the score getting the cello kind of sides of things down first and then bringing things from there it almost is like kind of confirms my theory but <laughs> I love the cello. I it's just it's so it, it really is a, a an exceptional instrument. Um I love the violin as well. I mean all the stringed instruments. The violin is is so it's such a high range that it kind of speaks a certain way. 
I, I think. But the cello can has has a wonderful range as well, and 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 it being so low, but also like in its high register, like it really. It does something really magical up up in the higher part of its register because it can get pretty high, but but it sounds like it's really like in pain <laughs> almost <laughs> when it is up there. Um, it sings, but it also it, it also just like it, I mean it really like it really pulls you in in a very emotional way. Um, it 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 doesn't it, it doesn't play like lightheartedly <laughs> i will say it, it plays more lightheartedly i guess kind of playing the more um you know in the range that's it's more similar to to you know what you hear in pirates of the caribbean for instance but <clears throat> where it kind of like dances and, and then it's grounded enough in that in that register as well to to feel like a um you know like a like a like it could really just do its own thing i mean it really doesn't need any backing from any other instruments really but um but yeah, it's it's. I think if if you're gonna have one, if I was stuck with one instrument, <laughs> I mean, I guess piano would be a natural choice. But if it had to be like a you know an orchestral instrument, I think I'd probably choose the cello. It's a good choice. As I said, the piano is the obvious one, but for like just any instrument, but it's a hard question, really. I, just wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be the want to want to say and then offend everyone that plays a certain instrument. Like, oh, why didn't you say? This, this why is this not your favorite one? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, equality for all orchestral yeah, instruments. They're all, all good instruments. <laughs> they're all great instruments. Yes, I, I appreciate and love all of them. Just somewhat than others. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of when I was looking through your um, press notes, you've worked on a lot of soundtracks as I think the role's additional composer. What does that actually entail? Is that just say writing an individual song for a soundtrack or is it working on bits within a song for some say for example someone's wants an orchestral part of a song that they're not familiar with scoring for that or does it depend on the project and i think i mean it often does depend on the project i think that a lot of times for people who aren't actually writing music i think it like if i thought of an additional composer credit then i would think that that would mean um actually writing music um on the project otherwise you're more like music department you can be like orchestrator or arranger or or things like that but uh but yeah i mean a lot of those projects where i've been like for instance like the ratchet and clank games um i i know on um you know i i wrote like probably close to two hours of ratchet and clank music where you know where 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 there would be like a main composer um but you know, like Michael Bross, who I worked with um, very closely on those projects, and he, um, he, uh, you know, sort of like you know, originally, I think he maintained the relationship with the uh, clients, and he was responsible for sort of coming up with the sound and having those dis- creative discussions, and even maybe like writing the themes, like he wrote the Ratchet theme, and then, but then I think you know, it. On, I know in the first project, like he asked me if I wanted to write a theme, and then I wrote a theme for you know one of the dark characters, and and then we kind of ran with that, and then you know, and then we would talk through cues, like be like, okay, well this week we're gonna you'll write like 15, 20 minutes of music, and 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 we walk through each of them, and he'd be like, okay, well this cue, you know, maybe like you know add this theme here or maybe i would just or or he might just you know give it to me and i'd write it and then we'd you know he'd he would sort of approve things before sending it to client you know so it's kind of working in that respect but um it's almost like a safer way to be a composer i think especially as you're coming up because because you don't have to like 
there, you don't have quite as much a risk of failure. Um, you know, where where like if if you went out on a limb and then the client didn't like it and then you're like you're fired or whatever, <laughs> not like that doesn't happen, but it does happen as well. Um, so so it's nice having in in those respects at that time in my career it was, it was actually really wonderful because because uh, I got a chance to to work on projects that were much bigger than anything I'd ever done before, but at the same time, you know, but at the same time, you know, I had sort of like the you know the mentorship and um, you know the safety of being able to play for somebody who had worked on that stuff, who who could you know help you know fix the you know whatever I was doing that maybe could be done a little bit better and get the kind of feedback uh, that I needed to to kind of you know do do a really good job, which was great. And then later on the project, once we had things really established, then it, of course it went much smoother. Um, and uh, you know there'd be less notes a lot of times, and but uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's one way of of being an additional composer. <laughs> I'm guessing as well, like especially some of the games like you mentioned, Ratchet and Clank, they're quite big studios. You're able to kind of see the the nice end with the big budgets and yes, let, like oh, you can kind of do whatever you want, you know, don't worry about the money. And then obviously working on like Spate, I know you said there was some budget, but it's a bit like, oh, actually, maybe can't go, you know, and get a, all these instruments live recorded and don't have that. Sure. And yeah, then... with, the, with the Ratchet and Clank stuff, I mean, we recorded in Nashville and, and they're, I mean, they're not a budget orchestra. They, I mean, I, I think we spent like, I mean, we didn't, like, you know, Sony paid for it, but it was, I think it was like $25,000 for like five hours of music or something and to record with them. And, and what a special experience. I mean, we flew out, you know, and we were there for the sessions and hanging out with the contractors and the musicians. And it was, it was, it was really wonderful. But, but yeah, with Spate was probably, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but I think I, I think, I think I might have made seven or eight thousand dollars on the game, but, I probably spent eight or nine. <laughs> so, you know, I I think in and you know it was sort of a, a loss in terms of that, but at the same time, I got a chance to to do something that was really special to me, and I think that you know some of my audience really appreciated that, and and I know that <clears throat> there's a few projects that I got, you know, that I was able to work on after. I, after I released that soundtrack that, you know, people responded to the soundtrack as one of the reasons that they were, you know, interested in working with me. So, you know, so I sort of chalk it up to, you know, to sort of, you know, proving myself or putting out a, a product that's, uh, you know, maybe more artistic and, you know, but but I think it's important to do that every so often. <laughs> Potentially like, if open, well, you say people contacted you off the back of it, so, you know, it might have been a loss, but then it opened many of the doors. Oh yeah, exactly. So it's really not a loss at all. I think it's definitely probably it's better to call it an investment. I think <laughs> investment as myself as an artist, really, and, and into my uh, and into what I do. It sounds. I say when I was looking through your um, credits and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, Ratchet and Clank played that. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like kind of some of the games you just read. It's like, oh god, you've worked on a lot of games and it's like quite yeah it's not quite impressive it's really impressive but i imagine it's one of those sorts of things where you kind of kept when you're working on it because it's so the people around you are doing the same thing oh yeah it's kind of like you don't really realize what you've created but then i guess moments when you're standing in front of a an orchestra that's playing something 
you've you've written and it's a bit like oh my god i did this <laughs> this this is mine <laughs> you know it was just really exciting to be honest it's kind of like you know that's when it starts to feel like you know the the dream is coming true getting that opportunity but then it's also like you really want to rise to the occasion and do your best work or you know if it's um you know it sort of calls out for that it's kind of like you know it's you, you can't just do a shitty job at a game like that <laughs> you know it's like okay and, and i remember like it was almost like an adrenaline rush for you know three months straight or something while i was working on it and, and it's like every day i'm gonna you know i was like okay i'm gonna bring my my best you know my best self to this and, and really do my best work and and you know i remember being so amped up about it it was it was really you know i think that's the goal is to find those kinds of projects constantly that you're that you're so excited to work on that it's just going to bring the best out of you each time and uh and yeah that was definitely one of those um but it was really yeah, it was it was great i mean i can't you know i can only hope or you know or wish for for more opportunities like that it was you know every time something like that comes around i know you know when when it's one of those projects and i'm like okay like I got to do really great stuff here. Like this really, you know. I think I always feel that way, because you know, as as a contractor or independent contractor, and in, in whatever field you do, you know, your you know your next gig could be your last gig if you know if your client's not really happy and stuff. But uh, you know, but as an artist, also, it's it's it, and I think it's an opportunity to really, um, you know, to always kind of shine if you can. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so in terms of yourself, with um, you mentioned growing up, you had quite a sort of classical music background, a bit like learning piano when you were six. What what's what was your sort of musical influences and like what sort of artists do you did you listen to? Well, just in general, that kind of inspired you to want to make music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean early on, you know, my parents were. They they were pretty tough on me with the classical music. I, they made me sit and watch operas and symphony, and I'm not sure I love that. But I think it percolated in a little bit. <laughs> but I did. Um, but they did have a. They had this one mixtape when we would you know we used to go on road trips or go camping, and and it was a lot of like 60s music for, with like the Doors and Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles and stuff. And and I and it was about probably when I was eight or nine that that I sort of got introduced to the Beatles and. And that kind of was really the sound of my childhood for for quite a while. I, I my brother and I collected almost every single one of their record albums, and and that's all we listened to, and and that's what we argued about, and that's what we talked <laughs> about. And every week we had a different favorite song, and and it couldn't be the same one, and you know. So we were, I mean, we were just huge Beatles fans. It was just wild, you know. And 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 I was, I never really like understood what the hell they were saying <laughs> and i didn't have the lyrics in front of me so i kind of made it my own stuff i didn't really realize but i did constantly listen to and really try to pick out the different parts within their songs and you know the saxophones and the orchestra and the strings and and i really enjoyed all of that stuff um i mean i think that was probably my biggest influence growing up but um but I did, and I also, you know, and a little bit later, I mean, I sang in the San Francisco Boys Chorus, which I also did for a long time, and and we did, we, you know, there was a lot of music training involved in that. <clears throat> we go to summer camp and do uh, ear training, and and we, you know, we studied music theory and and all of that, and and you know, and I learned how to read music. They would give us sheet music when we were learning on piece, working on pieces, and did so much wonderful classical music, and you know, I sang as part of the chorus for the 
opera and symphonies and um you know and then and then our you know we did so many concerts during the holidays every year and so it was really that was also really great musical training so i think those were probably you know my biggest you know my biggest musical influences in terms of you know my experiences and stuff um and then i kind of kind of grew out from there i became a big fan of um the grateful dead and 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 their music is so based around other music that you know once i kind of had grown grown through that i started exploring the music that influenced them and and they were influenced by you know modern classical music as well as bluegrass as well as you know blues and jazz and and i sort of you know i've always stayed very curious about music and world music as well so you know it, it, it it's you know there's no really no limits and i think even as you know getting becoming a more educated listener and composer has also sort of you know helped me to uh to just keep finding new new ways of listening to music and and, and discovering new things I was just going to say when you mentioned that you were in the was it the San Francisco Boys Choir? Did you say? Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it just got me thinking. It's like there's not many there's not many choirs or like that sort of thing in gay music. So if you ever get the chance and it fits, that's mm-hmm. that's that's my request. <laughs> there are choirs in the in gay music. Not maybe I'm trying to think of like like uh children's choirs and maybe not so much but you do hear about a lot of like choruses or a lot of the yeah. epic like you know god of war type stuff or there's there's some some stuff i'm listening to right now that has like some you know some ethnic female choirs that uh but uh but yeah it would be fun to record one i've never recorded a, a chorus before i think that would be a blast um i've, I've recorded vo- solo vocalists that's that's something i've done a few more than a few times but uh but but yet to write full choral pieces. I know some people who've done it with really great success. Um, but yeah, it's it's that's it's an amazing sound too. <laughs> right. Otherworldly, it's kind of like you know super epic. I think in a lot of ways. But I just have like this really specific memory of choirs in my head where it was weirdly in one of the hospitals local to where I live around Christmas. But there was a choir singing in the like reception open area, and it was just uh-huh. almost like the acoustics in this building were fantastic as well and it was just oh. almost like this choir was just surrounding you and it's just yeah it's, it's very magical and kind of like a bit overwhelming considering it was probably just some people doing a christmas song or something else. Like <laughs> normal people just walking past as they're in this hospital and i'm there going oh my god this is beautiful <laughs> that's one of, that's i mean that's you know a lot of the uh choir sound like comes out i think of the churches and stuff and that's where we did i remember growing up i mean when we were in san francisco it was a saint ignatius church has has, like a really beautiful like you know sort of european style cathedral and and we would do an annual like i think one or two concerts a year there but it was always really special because you you do you get that reverberant sound and it's so big and it stretches out and it's it, it it is really it's different from seeing outside, <laughs> but but it's it's quite it, it is quite wonderful and, and that's I, in sometimes I mean that has such a effect as well as you know if if you're not just thinking about you know record how how you're recording or what you're recording but also like where you're recording can have such a big effect but yeah choir like that I mean you certainly can get a, a certain kind of effect you know in in more of like a, a hall setting yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack that has a really interesting sounding um, vocal choir, <laughs> which is very ethnic sounding. I've not. Is that the the new film or? No, it's it's, it's, a, it's 
It's actually a game soundtrack oh. from a few years ago, I think. Oh, okay. I know there was. I get confused with Ghost in the Shell because there's so many different. Yes. There's films. There's a series. There's games. And... I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. The and they're thing. all they're all just called Ghost in the Shell as well. So it's like I know it's, it's like, terrible. Well, which one do you mean? But yeah, I'll have, I'll keep a I'll keep a ear out for that. This sound good. Um, so in terms of in terms of soundtracks, either film or games, is there one that you would have liked to work on, or maybe been like a fly on the wall and watching how it was written and recorded? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't actually know. Um. Yeah, maybe some of the, probably some of the the, the films from the past. Like it would have been neat to see um, some of the Hitchcock soundtracks being done, or <laughs> yeah, or seeing like Jerry Goldsmith in action. I know that he was really great at uh, at um, at experimenting with stuff. He would just like try things, something that had never been done with like an oversized, I don't know, orchestra of certain players. It's not standard. I mean, you know, to 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 sort of be experimenting with things that you know like that on on i don't know on large budget things where you could be like okay i have all the stuff at my disposal let's try this you know let's let's see how that works that would be kind of interesting (laughs) so just in in terms of yourself and your work have you got any projects coming up that you can talk about um i do but i but i don't at the same time (laughs) (laughs) i do um yeah i'm starting a project right now that i'm really really excited about uh and um and we're gonna do some pretty neat things with it and and i should have some opportunities to work with some uh some some great musicians on it who i need to reach out to and start that process but uh we're just you know we just kind of finished having our first conversations and and we're getting ready to, um, you know, to actually um, to begin composing a, a epic main theme on it. So that should happen relatively. That'll happen this month. I'm very excited about that, and and I can't wait to talk more about it. But it's uh, it's too early, and uh, I just signed an NDA, so it's, it's not much more I can say. But uh, but I have like you know, but I have. You know, I do a lot of stuff with with Clash of Clans, which is always a lot of fun, and that's you know that's like sort of a continuing relationship that I enjoy quite a bit, and um, and and yeah, I should, and I've been doing some you know a lot of trailer work over the last several years, and I'll have some things releasing soon, and um, yeah, I, and I look forward to more. There's actually another game that I worked on, which is really beautiful. That's kind of like a way. It's uh, it's it's kind of a very natural sort of you know relaxed setting, but I I can't talk about that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote a couple tracks for that, and it was really fun. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's that's unfortunately the you know the reality of of things sometimes. <laughs> I, know, I know it's it's one of those things where it's like oh we can't talk about it, and then all of a sudden it's we can so. Yeah, no, we're constantly talking about it. It's like, but oh, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming with those when when you can talk about them, you'll make announcements on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, away was pretty easy. We worked pretty like pre- pretty quickly, but they were sort of under the radar at the same time for a long time. But uh, but yeah, they they put my work up on their website very early on after we did our first orchestral session. We did you know it was it was worth having a um you know having a camera on it just to just to record what was going on in the room and that was really fun but uh but yeah that that 
And we, we were able to talk about that one almost the whole way through. <laughs> a lot of these, I guess the bigger the game, you know, if it's a game that's more established or has, you know, investors and all that other stuff, then, you know, then, then a lot of times you can't talk about it. <laughs> Publishers. Yeah. I just, it's one of them where it's, you know, someone says the wrong thing and then a rumor goes around the internet and... Oh my god! I've heard horror stories. I've heard like people getting attached to really big, huge stuff that is like you know the highlight of a career, and then they went out and posted about it, and then they got fired the next day or something. <laughs> I don't know any names, but I've heard that it's happened. God, yeah. it's it's one of those sad sort of things. It's like you want to talk about something because you're excited, but then you also know that talking about it could ruin the project in general as well it's like, yeah. I guess and you know and the other thing is that there's a lot of projects that that start to happen and you might get hired for it and then the project gets put on hold or it gets cancelled or you know there's um, you know that that's a big thing too so it's uh, you know people a lot of a lot of these big publishers keep things under wraps because <laughs> you just don't know if the, it doesn't happen until it happens a lot of times yeah I won't, I won't ask any more questions. I won't get you into any trouble then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a, is is there um obviously with quite a few of your soundtracks have been kind of orchestral themed. Is there any genres of music you would like to write a soundtrack in that you've not had the chance to yet? Yeah, definitely some electrics, electronic stuff. Uh, that's that's where I've sort of been, you know, growing into over the last several years. I've been picking up some vintage gear, and I just got a vocoder, and I have a bunch of old Roland stuff, and then some modern synths. And um, yeah, behind me you can see my uh, that's that's my my Euro rack system and oh, stuff. Lovely. And it's, yeah, it's it's really neat actually. It's it's a whole world of uh, sound in there, and that can do some some sound mangling from uh, outside sources, or it has things like oscillators and. And you know synthesizer modules and stuff in there as well. So um, and this is my new studio. I just built this. Oh, lovely! And yeah, we just moved in like the last couple weeks. So I'm kind of getting used to the room, but it's really exciting. And uh, but anyway, but um, actually, there's a game that I am working on called it's called Get Get to the Orange Door. It's it's kind of like a, a it's it has a small fan base, but people seem to be really into it. And that's going to be completely like electronic. And I'm working on that with a friend of mine, um, uh, Roy Berardo, and we're having a lot of fun with that. Um, so, and that that's that actually will satisfy some of that because it does sort of have like a synthwave kind of vibe, but it's also very, um, it's also more than that because it's it, it's also like it it's kind of needs to build you know the emotions and intensity of trying to get to where you're going. So, um, so so it's it's a, it's a little more soundtracky at the same time, but but yeah, we're still working out the sound of that and. Uh, and yeah, that that's kind of that'll be a neat one. That's a little different from a lot of the things that I've done, and 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 requires a little more of like EDM style, um, you know, music production, which is you know, which is kind of on the forefront of what I've been sort of dabbling in for a while. So I'm excited to see where that all that goes. I'm guessing that's the one good thing about doing soundtracks as opposed to just being like a recording artist, is you can just go between genres of music and not have to worry about, you know, the Bob Dylan where he plugged in an electric guitar and 
got cool. Oh yeah, this is their mind. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's certainly, I, I I do think a lot about that because um because sometimes I, I I think I do extend myself a little bit in terms of stylistically needing to change a lot where where there's a lot of people who who spend their whole career maybe just making like one sound kind of thing or just make you know living in a couple different worlds and and get and just doing a lot of that or where I do find myself and I think I I I sort of thrive off it as well to to maybe if I worked on one thing for a few months then I'll want to go in a completely different direction afterward and 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 I like to do that and I think it helps keep things fresh and exciting <laughs> you're not like pigeonholed down as being the one the one genre person you can just be like oh yeah i want to i want to do a, a nice ambient soundtrack or next one i want to yeah. do a death metal soundtrack it's all fine <laughs> yeah yeah so far so far so good <laughs> but, but the sound yeah, the other survive i've done i've worked on a few survival games now and 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 the away type thing which is kind of a survival thing too i guess but uh yeah, that's certainly something I probably could get pigeonholed into. <laughs> uh, so just, I think I've gone through all, all the questions I had prepared for you. You got anything you'd like to talk about at all, Mike? Um, not too much. I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, please do, um, you know, have a listen to the Away soundtrack. Uh, definitely consider supporting Autobahn. Um, they do a lot of work with... Uh, with birds and bird habitats and and i i am a I, I used to do some bird watching and um and did a lot of coursework in that area back when i was in my environmental you know days and um yeah but otherwise it's it's been a pleasure uh pleasure being your guest here and thanks so much for having me i know it's been an absolute pleasure and lovely talking to you once again, I'd like to thank Mike for taking some time out to chat to myself. If you want to find out any more information about Mike and games and soundtracks he's worked on, you can visit his website, which is mikerasnick.com, and links to his Bandcamp and other platforms to find soundtrack work are on that website as well. Once again, I'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next month. If you want to keep up to date with all things Beats and Bleeps, you can check out the website beatsandbleeps.com and there's links to our twitter instagram and facebook profiles there to keep you all up to date thank you very much